0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: Welcome to
2: the Rocks Pile podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here are
1: your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. And welcome into the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the site co-experts of Rocks Pile, and I am here with my friend and fellow co-expert, Kevin Henry. Kevin, how are you? I am good, Noah. How about you, my friend? I am doing well. And in today's episode of Where in the World is Noah Yingling, I am no longer in Colorado. But no. the KGB has kidnapped me and asked me, since I have seen so much of America, the KGB of the 1980s and nineties has asked me for a report of what I've seen of America. So uh, right now um, they're holding me hostage in area 51. Oh, um, that's a shame. So,
0: well, I'm but glad they, you... they
1: said I have to keep up appearances. So we have to do a podcast.
2: Well, I'm glad they gave you a little time uh, to hop in here and talk <laughs> about the rocks taking of three of four in Philadelphia. How about that? Crazy talk, man. Well,
1: and uh, we talked about this in the press box. I mean, for those who have not followed how much I've been on the road with the Rockies, I, I was on the road with the Rockies the entire time, essentially, because I saw a total of 18 games, and the Rockies won two of them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, let's not forget you were at Coors Field when uh, the Giants came to town, too, for that sweep. Yeah,
1: so, so essentially, yeah. yeah, like I said, it's, it's the Road Rockies.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is. But we know that they've turned it around. Uh, that is actually, if you go back to that last game in Texas, uh, four out of the last five that they've won on the road. So crazy, crazy talk, my friend, for sure. But,
1: but then, uh, I mean, too, with the Giants, just imagine how badly the Giants would have beaten the Rockies had they had Alex Dickerson.
0: Oh, absolutely. Was the
1: absolutely. You would have had m- multiple 23 to five games. <laughs>
2: Well, and don't forget the Giants are coming back to Coors, and I know we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes about the schedule and how it looks for the rest of the time. But I also know that I have to thank our friends at at, at, at manscaped.com yes, right now do. for their sponsorship. So, hey, attention listeners across the galaxy all the way from Houston to even, oh, shall we say, Yellowstone. Do you have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation of brand new lawnmower 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's F A N S I D E D and the number 20. For your out-of-world experience, look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the United States, but also Canada, the United Kingdom, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and for those of you who have asked us so many times, yes, even Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscaped.
1: a big thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring our podcast. And as Kevin sort of alluded to, I am looking at Yellowstone right now outside of my window. So you are, you that are is on, where in the world Noah, is Noah Yingling. That is the answer for today's episode.
2: You are on a tour of the Great West while the Rockies are on a tour of the East. The irony of it all, yes.
1: And the Rockies won three of four on the road. They did. They did. Well, my, I, my, my, my. <laughs> and, and
2: so here's the question. Is that an indictment of... Philadelphia, and them maybe not being the strong team that certain media outlets on the East Coast think that they are, or is it, a, is it a showing that the Rockies can actually get their stuff together in September and hit the road if their pitchers will give them a chance to actually win the game?
1: And if they actually hit on the road.
2: Which they did. And we've got to give some props because I'll tell you, I sent this to you, and I thought this was really fascinating. I think it was our friend Nick Groke that sent it out. Uh, Nick Groke with The Athletic. The Rockies now have eight homers this season on 0-2 counts. Five of them came in the Phillies series. So it's surprising to me that the Phillies, A, couldn't take advantage of having 0-2 counts, but B, that the road Rockies could actually hit those mistakes for 0-2 pitches. Uh, Garrett Hampson on Sunday, both of his homers came on 0-2 pitches. So go figure.
1: Now, with, with the Phillies, entering this year, the main thing that people said they needed to address was their bullpen. And quite frankly, their bullpen has been decent. Yep. I mean, you look, Hector Neris is their closer, 321 ERA. Ranger Suarez, who actually had a start in the series, but he's mainly been used as a reliever, 138 ERA. I mean, you look, and there's five, six guys who have sub-4 ERAs that have 30 or more appearances. The problem is they don't have any starting pitching. And guess who told you they didn't have any starting pitching in Mm, July? Let's see. That was none other than yours truly. There you go. Because (laughs) I had an article on the site saying – they fill it, quote, the Phillies need John Gray more than ever. That's right. And they did. They did. That's what I, they need right now. They need John Gray.
2: And I think it's going to be too little too late for the Phillies, obviously, for this season. Uh, yeah. I think that they're, they're, they're in uh, there They are. They're toast. And I think that this series, if the Rockies are going to go around, you know, it's funny because so many times Bud Black has been asked over these last two or three weeks about the Rockies playing spoiler. And that is not something that Bud Black enjoys really talking about because he wants his team to perform against everybody and, of course, be a winning team and not have to play the role of the spoiler. But you know on that flight tonight from Philadelphia to Atlanta that they are relishing the fact that they could be the ones who put the tombstone right there uh, on Philadelphia's grave.
1: And entering today, mind you, the Rockies won today. We're recording this on Sunday night. The Phillies had a... Play, uh, their chance of making the playoffs is 19%. And now, obviously, it's going to be lower. And also, they are one game above 500. Yep. So, I mean, also, Joe, if you look at the team, look at how many injuries they've had. Reese Hoskins yep. had 27 homers and 71 RBI. He was their best offensive player. He's on the 60-day injured list, done for the year. Alex Bohm, their third baseman. He isn't injured, but he's back in AAA because he was struggling. But then you look, Travis Jankowski, Andrew Knapp, Luke Williams, Roman Quinn, Scott Kingery, they're all on the injured list. Scott F, or Zach Eflin, one of their starters, who is arguably their, their number two, he's on the injured list. I mean, you got a lot of guys that are on the injured list, or they just – haven't played well, and for the Phillies, just imagine if they didn't have Zach Wheeler, who is in contention for the Cy Young spot. I mean, after him, their best starter right now is Aaron Yeah, he's got an ERA north of four and a half. Yeah,
2: it's going to be tough. You know, I'm looking at the wild card standing right now in this National League. That second wild card spot is going to be amazing to watch between the Reds, the Padres. The Cardinals. I mean, you know, the Phillies are only two and a half back as we record this for that second wild card spot. But knocking on the door right behind them are the Mets at three and a half. And then guess who's next after that, Noah?
1: Your Colorado Rockies.
2: Your Colorado Rockies. Nine games back of a second wild card spot. The so elimination number is a 10. There's a chance. All they've got to do is just keep winning. I mean, Rocktober 2021, baby. Come on.
1: More uh, stunning in the wild card picture is the Dodgers have a 16-game lead over the Padres, who have the second wildcard spot right now. Isn't that insane? <laughs> it really is. Seriously. <laughs> it's absolutely insane to me.
2: It is. You know, and, and, and again, going back to that spoiler talk, so the, the Rockies will have an off day on Monday, and then they're going to have three in Atlanta against the Braves, and the Braves are that team that they right now they're leading the East as we record this. They're ten games over five hundred. But if you boil that out a little bit, they've got that four game lead over the Phillies, five game lead over the Mets for the AL or for the NL East, I should say. So if the Rockies could do some damage, and again that's an if I know, but it still makes you wonder how that could even turn things uh, pretty crazy in the, the East, on the wild card spots.
1: The Rockies really don't want to play the spoiler. In the playoffs, but in a way, they kind of already have. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. And back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies report, Noah Yingling, along with Kevin Henry. And we were talking about how the Rockies really don't want to be the spoiler. They kind of already have been for the Phillies and Mets, because if they would have traded Story Gray Crone and others to them, they wouldn't be 500 teams right now. Yep. And for the Mets, too, they've had injury problems like the Phillies. I mean, if Jacob DeGrom gave them 30 starts instead of 15, his ERA would likely be north of 108, but it still wouldn't be uh, five.
2: You know, and, I, and I'm looking at, I, I did the whole, I just want to see everybody's standings. And the fact that there are nine teams below the Rockies whenever it comes to winning percentage. I think that that's kind of where we were thinking they would be. I don't think any of us really thought this was going to be a hundred loss team. I don't know, but I think there's some that, people
1: who wanted it.
2: Oh, there are a lot of people who wanted it because you think that it's going to turn everything around and they're going to fire everybody and clean house and the Montforts are going to sell. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Period. So, No, for the Rockies to be in that 10th best spot in the majors. I know a lot of folks are like, well, they can't even tank right. They can't even do things right because now they're not going to get that high of a draft pick next year. And I, I think that what you're talking about with this team is that they're going to figure out, like they did in Philadelphia, Certainly, they stunk it up against the the Giants at Coors, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. But this has also been a team this year that whenever they figure it out and kind of get on that little bit of roll and get a little bit of momentum behind them,
1: they've been a tough team to play. And the thing is, is they just – they need to have the progression of some of their players. Some of them have. Brendan Rodgers, he has progressed a lot. CJ Crone, I mean, I wouldn't say he's necessarily progressed, but he's been he's been much better than Rockies fans could have ever asked for. And then there's some of them that are kind of stagnant. Where, well, for example, Ryan McMahon, the very beginning of the year, he was uh, he looked like he was going to be an All Star. Then he's kind of trailed off since, particularly in the power numbers. His average and on base have been still pretty high, but he, overall in the season, I would say it's been fairly even compared to what he was last year. Yeah. And then you look at some guys and they have regressed Joshua Fuentes. Um, you look at some of the others and I mean, you could argue that Tapia is in that camp, especially because, he's kind of like McMahon though where at the very beginning of the year he was good last two months or so he's more so than Mac his way dropped off yeah and then Garrett Hampson he hasn't developed at the plate Sam Hilliard before the last few games he was really struggling I mean he was hitting somewhere in the 180s um so that that's the thing that the Rockies the point that the Rockies are at is they have to find the guys that that are developing. Some of them are, some of them aren't. And now going into this off season, they need to determine, okay, as Dick Monfort said, do we need to cut bait with these guys or are we going to keep them? Now the thing with Dick Monfort said that he said was he thought they were a contender this year. Have they had injuries? Sure. But they don't have enough depth to weather those injuries. That's that's problem number one, at least in my opinion. And secondly, is, as we all know, Dick Monfort is a very loyal guy. Sometimes loyal to a fault. Now, after he has seen this season, will he be able to say with player X, Y, Z, okay, they're not part of our future plans or not. Yeah, That's yeah. the problem that the Rockies are looking at going forward. And mind you too, and I don't. I believe we said this on here, and if we haven't, we're saying it now. Bill Schmidt's going to be the GM. I mean, it has, yeah. of course, been publicly announced, but he's going to be the GM. They're already making hirings in the front office. They wouldn't be doing that if he isn't going to be the GM, at least I would think. I could be 100% wrong. Wouldn't be the first time, not going to be the last, but that's what it looks like. So, yeah. and he's uh, he's going to have his hands full this of offseason. Yeah.
2: You know, our, our friend Aaron Hurt wrote a good article on our site, rockspile.com, by the way, that you can check out. And it was uh, a couple of reasons to watch the Rockies' the rest of the year. And one thing that he talked about in there was about uh, Trevor's story and how these might be his final games with the Rockies. And, of course, nothing's set in stone, but it's it's highly likely that these are Trevor's final games in a Rockies uniform. And you think about all the turnover that could, and I'm going to say could, happen this offseason. Uh, you know, will they sign Crone again? Will they make any trades? Will they swap? Uh, and and get that crowded outfield right now. As you you were talking earlier, you've got Tappy, you've got Hilliard, you've got Hampson, uh, Connor Joe is in that mix. Daza is in that mix. Of course, Charlie Blackman is in that mix. You know, and, are you?
1: Frankly, I would say for the outfield, it's crowded, but it's mediocre crowded.
2: Right. I, I agree with that. Absolutely. And I think every one of those guys that I just mentioned, you could point to a few games this season where they had a hot streak and you went, oh, okay. But it has not been a season-long thing. Charlie has certainly bumped his power numbers back up. He's looked like Chuck Nasty of old uh, in, in recent games. But I think you separate Chuck from the rest of those. And which of those guys right now do you say, these are who else we would want as our two other outfielders? And I think a lot of Rockies fans would raise their hand and say, we want more of Connor Joe which I, I don't think any of us expected before the season began, but do you feel comfortable with anybody in that third spot overwhelmingly? I know there are the Tapia fans out there. I get that completely. I get his role on the team, but I'm also saying over the course of 162 games scheduled, do you feel comfortable with him offensively and defensively being a guy that you say the Rockies can count on night in and night out?
1: The numbers defensively actually say, yes, you should be comfortable with Tapia. Yep. Eye tests, at least my eye test, tells me no, defensively. Offensively, no, I'm not. He, he, he shouldn't be at the top of the lineup. I mean, he, he needs to get on base more. He doesn't. Um, he does have the speed component. He gets on base semi-well, 328 entering today. Um, but I'd like to see that higher. I'd sure. like to see Connor Joe, for example, leading off, 380 on base, Charlie Blackman, 350 on base, C.J. Crone even, even if you have him third, obviously he's not going to be a leadoff guy, but you have him third, 372 on base. That's what the Rockies need at the top of the lineup, not a 320 on base, 330 on base.
2: I agree, and I think if they're going to keep Tapia – which, you know, there's every indication that they are. But if you're going to keep him, I think that you put a Connor Joe at the start and you put a Tapia at the eight and see if there's something they could do yeah. to turn over that bottom of the lineup. And, of course, next year, you know, we're talking about one and eight. The DH could well, well be part of this. So, you know, it may not matter about that eight spot. But still, I feel more comfortable personally with Tapia further down in the lineup and and him, the ability at least to turn over the lineup if needed.
1: Well, and that's the thing the Rockies have to look at. If they don't have a DH, then they're going to be platooning Tapia with Joe and Crow, because Joe is going to play first and left. Yep. But if they have the DH, then what they can do is they can still kind of mix and match, but then the other one of the three, they can... Dh or they can put Joe in left, top in right, or Toppy in center, and then Hilliard in either center or right. At least as they're constructed now, and then you have Charlie Dh. Yeah, which for example in Texas, that's exactly what the Rockies did. They were balancing Dhing Joe. They they did a Dh story, but they Dh Crone and they Dh Joe. So, they were kind of trying to sure. balance all of that, which, if you have the DH, that problem is alleviated. The problem is you still need to find a center fielder. Yeah. Is it Garrett Hampson? Offensively, no. Is it Sam Hilliard? Offensively, overall on the year? No. Is it Jonathan Daza? Overall, defensively and uh, offensively on the year? No. If you look at the first half of the year, Yes. If you look at the second half, the answer is a big no. Sure. Well, and I
2: think that's one thing that I'm going to be watching for in this Brave series as well as the rest of the year is where they can find that. And so, hey, there's lots of offseason coming up, lots of things that we're going to talk about. But one thing that we've got to talk about right now are those Fresno Grizzlies. And they are destined for the playoffs. They've already clinched postseason berth. We are going to be talking to one of the pitchers after the break who has helped them with that. Uh, cannot wait uh, for us to be talking to Austin Kitchen. Uh, we will have our exclusive interview with him right after the break here on the Rocks File Rockies Report. Kevin Henry here, along with Fresno's Grizzlies pitcher, Austin Kitchen. Austin, how are you, man? Pretty good. How are you? I am good. Thanks for joining. I really appreciate it. Congrats to you and the team for making the postseason. Just tell me what the buzz is like there right now.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, we're excited right now. It's a it's a big time for us to finish off a strong year. Um, we, we've handled a lot, in through a lot this year, and uh, we've handled it really well and performed well. So uh, for us right now, the mindset is finish strong and finish what we started and really put the icing on the cake and hopefully win a championship.
2: You know, I, I was out in Stockton earlier this season, wanted to watch you guys play, and that was the night that there was a postponement because of COVID, so I didn't get to see you actually play. And I know right now as we do this, you all have had a three-game series with Modesto canceled uh, for COVID reasons and things along that line on the Modesto side. How have you guys handled this kind of break as you're trying to gear up for the postseason as well?
0: We've handled it well. Um, our biggest thing is trying to make a positive out of the situation and still get our work in, still do things. Uh, while following the protocol of the MLB and really paying attention to our coaching staff and what they're telling us as far as how to follow the scenario and and, and make a positive out of it, but uh, it's it's good to get some downtime. But it's also you know makes us eager to want to get back out there and play. Um, we've been able to get some work in this week, uh, which has been helpful for us, keep us fresh mentally and physically. Um, but we've handled it really well as a team.
2: Well, I was looking back through your stats, and I've got to ask you, because one thing it looks like to me you've handled real well is you've handled kind of that transition from the bullpen back into a starting job. How has that been for you, and and how do you as a pitcher make that mind shift over?
0: Um, for me, it was, uh, it was a different transition, something I haven't done in years, uh, but I knew it was an X-man-up mentality. Um, we needed it done, and my thing was go out there and not try to do too much. Um, you know, p- pitch the same game I have been and adjust to the role as far as give what I can. Um, And that hopefully, you know, worked out for me and it turned into a role of sticking in there and being able to go deeper into games. But uh, as far as a mindset, just next man up and continue to stick at what I'm good at and continue to keep working at what I still feel like I need to perfect.
2: Is that something you needed a little bit of advanced warning to kind of stretch out and get ready for that, uh, that starting role, or how did that evolve?
0: Um, I honestly just keep it the same routine as I did out of the bullpen, taking care of the body, how I warm up, my pregame, everything. Um, it just I really am kind of easy to go with the flow. It, if that's the role I take, I'll, I'll take it and and do what I can with it and really perform and try to help the team.
2: What kind of guy were you at Coastal Carolina? Did you do a mix of relief and starting, or
0: what was your role there? Uh, my first two years I was strictly bullpen. Uh, my junior year I missed for the torn ACL. Um, came back that next year and did a little bit of both. Uh, mainly starting but I had about I feel eight, eight appearances or something out of the bullpen so um, I've done it before and it, that's why it wasn't that too hard of a transition for me.
2: And Coastal Carolina so you've gone from one coast to the other to playing ball uh, what was last year like for you uh, obviously knowing that there wasn't any minor leagues or anything else how did you adapt to quarantine?
0: Um, It, it was tough it, it kind of leads you to a spot where you don't know where the next direction is. And especially not being with an affiliate or organization at the time being, um, it kind of makes you not know what to do. And it, for me, it was a stay ready mentality, and hopefully something good would come. Um, luckily, I was able to play indie ball that summer in 2020, um, be able to play for the Washington Wild Things organization. Um, that gave me a platform to get innings and perform. Um, and I know that played a huge role with this organization inside of me, knowing I was fresh, I played things like that Um, but it was definitely a hard thing to adapt to Um, but it's one of those scenarios you you make the most of it you can only do so much but do as much as you can.
2: And you read my mind because that was gonna be the next thing I asked you was how did the Rockies get involved with you and and how did you become a part of the organization?
0: Uh, One day I was sitting at the house down in Pawleys Island South Carolina Um, my agent called me and said hey Rockies are interested Uh, looking forward to speaking with us and kind of put me on edge I was sitting there waiting for a couple hours. Um, Didn't even hear anything back that first day from my agent, and uh, that next morning they gave me the call, said that they were going to sign me, and flew out that next morning, so it's a a quick process, but uh, it was definitely exciting.
2: You know, I was talking to your manager, and he said that even back in spring training, he kind of realized that this is a team that had a really good chance to be special if everything came together, and obviously looking at the record, everything's come together so far from Fresno what in your mind has been one of the biggest keys to this team really gelling and and hopping into first place there in the low way west?
0: I'd 100% say selflessness. Um, no matter what everyone's role is, what the scenario is, everybody is bought in as a team. Um, we do gel very well. Um, but I feel like the selflessness and understanding, picking up slack where, you know, some guys have bad games and some guys don't, it's about next man up. And I feel like everybody has done a good job at taking whatever role your job is, doing it and doing it to the full and doing it and doing it right. And everybody's done that Um, with being positive and fun. I feel like this is probably one of the most fun teams I've been a part of. Uh, We have a lot of fun. We enjoy it. Um, So I feel like that's been a huge, huge piece for us. So I've got to ask the next series that you've got, and again, we're recording this
2: on Sunday. And so I believe this is on Tuesday when you guys will start playing San Jose. That's likely also the team you'll play in the, the, the postseason. Uh, does that amp it up maybe just a little bit, or are you
0: guys just taking it a game at a time and not worrying about who it is? It does. Uh, we look at it like a challenge. You know, we're facing a team that we've known all year long um, to be the second best, you know, one of these top teams in this league out here. Um, so it definitely is an edge for us to come in and, Improve that we can keep keep winning and you know face off against the best with different rules and different moves and stuff and and be able to still win and perform. So we're we're just excited that it comes against our second best team in the league, the team that we've respected throughout the season and and have a chance to really get that ring and win it with uh, with beating the second best team in our league.
2: And I love that that Rockies-Giants uh, rivalry is even showing up early here in Low-A West, so that, that'll be fantastic. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how that postseason turns out. So I've got to be honest, I can't let you go without asking you about the stadium there in Fresno. I know it was a Triple A stadium now used for Low-A West. What's that been like to you to
0: kind of move into those uh, environments and how's that been? It's It's been awesome. I know that's a huge piece of the whole team. We're thankful being able to play in a park like that and have the resources the field. The fans that we have, we have very rowdy fans, fun fans. Um, It's just, it's been an amazing park. We love it. We all love the pitching it, playing it. it. It makes it so sweet where we park every day. Going into that field, getting out of the car, and just seeing the stadium, seeing the city and how big it is. It's just a beautiful park. Great weight room, everything you could ever imagine. And so it definitely,
2: definitely plays in our favor and last question before I let you go. So are you a guy who kind of has personal goals as well as team goals? And, and uh, if you do, what might some of those personal goals be for you this year and finish things out?
0: Um, a Personal goal for me is, uh, you know, winning the championship, finishing strong, um, and continuing to do what I feel like I can do. But uh, one of the biggest goals is just keep chasing the best version of myself. Um, that's really one of my goals is to be the best version of me. And whatever way that is, continue to work on it, continue to grow, and be able to show that out on the field.
2: Austin Kitchen, pitcher with Fresno Grizzlies. Austin, thanks so much for the time, in. and obviously we're all rooting you guys on and uh, wishing you the best of luck. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you who've listened to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Make sure you check us out, rockspile.com. But for now, Kevin Henry signing off. And as always, we say, go Rockies and go Grizzlies.